Good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's perspective on your problems. And this is Pastor Richard Lejeune. And this is Pastor Curtis King. Hey, buddy. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing real well. I, you know, you, you have uh, behind you your church auditorium. Uh-huh. And normally I have behind me my church auditorium. Well, I'm now pastoring a home church. So my auditorium is in the background here. You and your deer right by the window back there. And were you just telling me you've got a bear on your wall too? Back there? I, I do. Do you want to see him? I, I really would like to see your bear. All right. Let's okay. see if I can turn us here. There oh, there he is. he is. There he is. We're going to name him Smokey. How's that? I think. Okay. Right, Smokey. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. You got to tell everybody what in the world you're doing over there. Well, I'm in the middle of Vermont. A church member of mine owns a couple of cabins out here, a couple of houses out here uh, that he's had in his family lineage for a while. And um, uh, I am here uh, spending a little bit of extra time with the Lord and getting prepared for next year's preaching calendar. And um, yeah, having a great time cooking for myself. Um, and I haven't gotten sick yet. So that's a scary thought. That must mean there's not a McDonald's or a Burger King within a certain distance if you're cooking for yourself. One could deduce such a thing. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Well, it looks like fun. It really does. And especially this time of the year, I'm sure it is just absolutely breathtaking up there mountains my- and lakes and leaves. Yeah, my goodness. Right across the field from me, um, right out right out there, there is a mountain where people do uh where people go skiing and snowboarding in the winter. And uh right now that mountain is at peak uh season with the leaves. So I just go oh, sit goodness. out on the porch and look out at that and you know, just enjoying God's creation, nature. It's pretty fantastic. Wow, that is fantastic. Well, I'm happy you get to do that. I really, really am. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool. And I'm, I'm here in the middle of Niagara Falls, you know, loving life. Well, you have <laughs> not some a whole pretty, lot of leaves. You have pr- plenty of, of nice nature to look out out that way too. So well, that is for sure. That is, is, yeah, I was just out your way, you know, a couple weeks ago and um, it's all good. It really is all good. I love it. So man, it's good to see you. You too. So, hey, uh, we got a good topic today. We're going to wrap up bitterness um, but we can't do that until we um, have our jokes of the week. And um, uh, I guess it's okay for me to gloat a little bit, right? Since I won last week, right? Well, we'll, we'll just make sure we cover pride in an upcoming episode on Monday Medicine. But go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. You see, pride is, okay, there's a thin line between honesty and pride. You're going to okay. walk that line carefully, aren't you? I'm going to walk that line real careful because uh, Dale Myers, uh our good friend that you and I absolutely adore. Uh, he voted for my joke last week and Melanie Rodenheiser, uh, which, uh, you know, from granite, the member Rodenheiser love the road. She voted for my joke. So thank you, Melanie. And thank you, Dave. And, uh, you only got one vote last week and that was your wife. So, um, are, are we allowed to count family members in the votes? Yes, and I'm going to start recruiting every because I've got more family. Than you, so I'm going to start recruiting every family member to vote for me every week. So well, I have four children who are all four on social media, and two of them are married and they're on social media. So you know, that I might can be stack a contest this. here. Yeah, I've got yeah, six kids... siblings. I've got <laughs> oh yeah, you do that six you? seven yeah. aunts and uncles. I've and they're and they're all married and yeah, I don't uh, really want to try that. 
Maybe we just let the vote go where the vote. Either way, I won the vote two to you one. Did win last the vote. Week. And, yeah, and to be and, honest, I would have voted for your joke last week as well. <laughs> uh, but, well I've got but, a really good one for today. I, yeah. I'm I'm anxious to uh, to get into. Are we are I'm we at that point about yet? The dueling jokes. What's that? Are we at that point yet? Are we? Is we're four a little over four minutes Let's into do this? It. So uh, okay, all right. I'll go first this week. Did I? Did you go first last week? I did. Okay. All right. So here we go. So there was a convention, okay, of all of the world's top dentists, okay, and they they had a vote on on who was going to be. We good? Yeah. Okay, uh, you're shaking your head like we got disconnected or something. So. No, we're good. I'm just trying to interrupt your joke. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> oh you saying that sabotage is not fair? Okay, that's not, so. So anyway, so the the um, uh, all the dentists of the world got together and they were going to have um, uh, you know a, 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 an award to give to the number one dentist in the world, and so they finally had a vote they selected the best dentist in the whole world and you know what they gave him what's that a little plaque (laughs) (laughs) all right try to top that one i think i I can top that one i've got i don't think you can if you do uh, you know okay go ahead i want to hear it i want to hear all right (laughs) this is a religious (laughs) joke okay okay all right you're gonna go religious on this here okay okay so a Jewish rabbi and a Catholic priest were really good friends and they decided to get their families or get together rather get together one day and have a picnic. And so the priest is just chomping down on a ham sandwich. You know, he's got layers of ham on that thing and, you know, all of the, all of the trimmings. And, um, he, he says to the, the, uh, the Jewish rabbi, he says, uh, this ham sandwich is so delicious I know, uh, I, I know you're not supposed to eat ham, but I don't understand why such a good thing could be forbidden. And uh, when will you finally break down and, and try a ham sandwich? And the rabbi's reply was, I'll try a ham sandwich at your wedding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I don't know. Did you beat me? I, uh, you might have beaten me. You might. I don't know. We'll just let everybody be the judge of that. Okay. okay. So, if you think Pastor Richard beat Pastor King, then let us know in the comments. If you think I beat Pastor Richard again, let us know in the comments. Well, I believe the score is currently one to one, right? It is one to one. The, so the, tro- the trophy today. goes to you this week. So, so I'm gonna get a little plaque. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yep. Someone needs to okay. go to the dentist. No, I'll take it, man. I, I will take it. I sure will. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. Well, hey, um, uh, by the way, before we get started with our uh, study, uh, wrapping up bitterness, uh, man, it's good to hear your uh, church is going so well. And uh, man, ours is going like full speed ahead. And uh, we had a phenomenal day on Sunday, just tremendous attendance and um, average attendance has been great. And we've got some new converts who are just booming in the Lord. And it sounds like you were just saying that uh, at White Oak, you've had, how many visitors did you say you had a few weeks ago? Well, on our friend day, we had, uh, we, we gave out 25 gift bags. We had 15 connection cards turned in. Uh, last week, I think we had three or four more uh, connection cards turned in and several of our visitors were back a second time. 
And we've had a host of people saved in our services. I baptized a gentleman Sunday morning. Um, that's fantastic. It's going, going great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. I, I tell you, it, you know, being a preacher is the coolest thing in the whole world. It really is. It, it is. I, um, I guess it was this past Sunday. I was um, standing up. I was, I've, I've been preaching on John three sixteen. Okay. And um, I'm just looking out at, at just seeing people who have seen the love of God just flood into their life. And uh, man, it's, there, there is nothing better than to stand up in front of the congregation and talk about John three sixteen and see people who are experiencing it. You Amen. Know, that love of God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, won't you get us started on um, uh, uh, just a quick recap of where we've been and um, get my stuff out here in front of me. And then um, who went first with the, the first verse last time? Do you remember? I don't, but I'll, I'll get it. I'll uh, recap and then you can hop in with a verse. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah, that, that's perfect. So we've been talking about bitterness, how that bitterness can settle into the soul. And in a lot of ways, it's like dry rot. It just eats at you from the inside. And uh, for a while, we can put on a facade and, you know, make the world believe that we're gracious and joyous on the inside. But after a while, bitterness has a way of, of rotting us out and, and changing our whole temperament and outlook on life and creating problems. Oftentimes bitterness comes from a, a great hurt. Uh, we've been let down. We've had something taken away from us uh, that we had and, and enjoyed and wish we had again. And uh, maybe someone has greatly disappointed us again. And that's uh, we've never really fully gotten over that. And uh, we've talked about the first two weeks, how that you can know you're not supposed to be bitter uh, intellectually in your head, but it can be hard to remove that bitterness out of your heart and mm -hmm. to move on from that. So uh, bitterness at the end of the day, we all know this, but it doesn't harm the person who hurt you or the set of circumstances that hurt you. It hurts you and you have to move on from bitterness because it's what's best for you. Uh, and forgiveness is the key to that. So Pastor King, why don't you hop in uh, and, and share with us another verse on this, uh, this vital topic uh, as we all seek to, to be better uh, in our walk with God in this area? Um, yes, I've got a, a, a wonderful passage here that I think is incredibly helpful. Um, maybe, maybe a little painful, okay? <laughs> Which, you know, if you're dealing with bitterness, honestly, you got to take a surgical approach, you know, uh, in getting it out. Let me ask you a question before I give you the, the verse, though, okay? And I, I haven't, <clears throat> just so everybody who's watching or listening knows, I have not prepped Pastor Richard for this question, okay? It's kind of a, it's kind of a deep question, but I think it's something that you and I have uh, witnessed with our eyes numerous times as pastors, okay? Do you, do you see similarities and connections, okay? Now, I think of this is a deep question. Just as a pastor, do you see similarities and connections between bitterness and depression. Let that, let that soak in. All right. And just so everybody knows, I, I did not prep Pastor Richard for this question. I just, I wanted to see him looking off to the side like he is right now, because that means his wheels are turning. But uh, similarities and connections between a depression and a bitterness. Um, and what I mean by a connection, or I'm sorry, what I mean by similarities when a person is struggling with depression, it's almost like they feel like their feet are stuck in tar, right? Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and they they just you know I, I want to get out and there there are things i know that i you know maybe if i'll go out to eat that'll help that'll cheer me up if i you know watch a ball game that'll cheer me up if i go hang out with some friends that'll cheer me up but you just feel like your feet are stuck in tar you just can't you just can't walk away from it and i think bitterness sometimes has that same stuck in tar um feeling that that it's like okay you got two preachers on on facebook who are talking about how i need to not be this way but my feet are stuck in this so uh, but before i give the verse you just tell me off the just off the top of your head do you have any comments on that yeah what i would say is that um there are a lot of reasons why someone could be depressed um i don't think bitterness is always the reason why someone's depressed obviously Mm -hmm. But I will say that long-term, uh, if you're bitter long-term, that more often than not, I, I believe that does lead to being depressed. Yeah. Uh, that, that bitterness leads to a life of, yeah, of, of depression. Yeah. I, I think that there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of similarities between the two feelings. And I think sometimes maybe you know, a person can be a little confused as to which they're dealing with. Let me tell you why I brought that up. <clears throat> so I've got Ephesians. Um, I got Ephesians open here, chapter four, and um, um, I'm I'm so thankful for verse thirty. It says, "And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed under the day of redemption." Praise God. That's an eternal security verse right there. We've been yeah. sealed by the Spirit, and I am so thankful because if it were left up to my own emotions, I would be a mess with that. But the next verse it says, "Let all bitterness." and wrath, and clamor, okay, and evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Um, one, a point I made in our church here at Calvary uh, this, this past Sunday was that whenever you see a list of things given in the Bible, there's a connection in those lists, you know, the works of the flesh, the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. um, in the last days, men shall be, da, 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 da. whenever you see a list, God doesn't just haphazardly put those lists together. And there's a connection between the, the, uh, the what, why I brought that up this past Sunday in my church was um, the Beatitudes. Okay. In Matthew chapter five, there's a list of things. Blessed are they that, you know, there's a list. So here uh, the, the list the first item on the list is is wrath uh, or is bitterness, but after bitterness is wrath and then anger and then clamor. Um, clamor is really not a word we use that much uh, nowadays, but it means to, uh, to uh, it's like wailing, okay, like to just wail or to whine, okay. Um, it just if you ever hurt so much that you just, you just can't even let words out, you know, you just wail. Um, evil speaking. I think we have to be really careful that whoever we're bitter with, that we don't uh, succumb to the temptation to just go around trashing those people, no matter what they've done to you. So, well, they've trashed me. That doesn't matter. You're a Christian. You can't do that. Um, And malice, uh, that desire to get back. Um, All of those things uh, are things that we have to avoid. The, um, a person could look at that list and say the, the slightest of those would be bitterness. Okay. The next slightest would probably be anger. Um, you know, you let your bitterness make you angry. The next one on the list would be wrath because the wrath is the acting out of anger. Um, it, uh, uh, anger is to wrath what lust is to fornication. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, and then clamor, it, uh, if if your anger has gotten a hold of you so badly that you're that you're acting out on it, and then you your your pain makes you just wail, evil speaking and malice. Point the point being that um, that um, the, if you're struggling with bitterness, you're probably struggling with a few other things as well. Okay, a few other things as well, and the the remedy for that. Uh, right before it is grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. You know, you you may not be able to control those inner things like you wish you could. Okay, the anger that you're feeling on the inside. You know, there's times that it's really hard to to tone that down because it's all interior. Okay, um, the the bitterness. The but when it comes to evil speaking and malice and wrath, um, you know, you've got a little more. You've got a little more power over those things through, with the Lord's help, but. I think ultimately the solution is the verse afterwards where it says, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving. Um, we have spent a good bit of time in the last two um, talks on forgiving. Um, but how about tenderhearted? Um, I, I know this. I have hurt people unintentionally in my life. I, I can't fathom I would hurt anyone on purpose, but I have hurt people unintentionally. I think everybody has. So... I've got to be a little more tenderhearted toward those who've hurt me if if I have done the same thing. So that that's just a thought I've had in talking about the connection. You know, yes, we do sometimes feel like we're struggling through bitterness, like we have our feet stuck in tar. But in time, in time, you can work your way out of there. And, and knowing the uh, the how possible it is to grieve the Holy Spirit, knowing how important it is to have a tender heart and being kind. I think would, would truly help somebody. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Um, being able to identify where we are mm -hmm. and, um, that, that, that feeds right into my verse here. Um, how do you get away from bitterness? Well, I think the very first step is that we have to confess our sin and that's hard to hear. Um, hard to swallow because usually when we're bitter, we're focused on someone else's sin against us. Mm -hmm. And so when someone says, well, then you need to confess your sin, uh, there's this knee-jerk reaction of, I don't need to confess my sin. They need to come and apologize to what they did for, to me. Uh, but bitterness is a sin, and it's a sin that we have to be willing to own up to and admit to and uh, confess. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. It says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Um, the reality is if someone has done you wrong, they have to go to God and confess their sin. You can't, no matter how hard you try, you can't make them do that. There is something in our human nature, Pastor King, to where when we're not getting the, the behavior we want out of someone, we, we try to guilt them into that correct behavior by mistreating them. And we'll we do, don't we? cold shoulder, whether it's passive aggressive or just flat out aggressive, um, different, different folks go at it different ways. We are, you see this in marriage. You see this even with parents and their children, children, and their parents, we try to manipulate people into a, a certain, uh, behavior. And oftentimes that's what bitterness is, especially when someone else has done us wrong. We think that if we give them a cold shoulder or we're aggressive with them, we're mean to them in some way that we can get them to see what they've done to us. They'll, they'll pick up on these uh, cues 
and they'll, they'll confess their sin. The reality is we're trying to be the Holy Spirit in that moment. Only the Holy Spirit of God can bring them to a place where they confess. What we have to do uh, when we're bitter is see that bitterness is a sin, and we have to get down on our knees, and we have to confess it. And listen, I know when I've gone through times of bitterness in my heart and life, I've had to get on my knees for days in a row and confess the sin of being bitter and ask God to give me that victory. Uh, but if you cover your sin, you're not going to prosper. If you confess your sin and forsake your sin, the Bible says God's going to show you mercy. So I would just encourage you, you're having a hard time with this, man, make your, get your heart right with the Lord and uh, do your part. Don't worry about the other person. You, you do your part. Was it David? I'm, I, I didn't prepare this, but I just, it just popped into my head where he says, search me, Oh God, and know my, know my heart. Um, I, I have, um, in, in my times of struggling with this, I have, um, leaned on that verse heavily and prayed that verse a lot. Amen. Um, the, um, you may think this is really weird, but when I mow my grass, that is when I do a lot of soul searching Isn't that weird. Uh, because I can't really do anything but pray when I'm mowing my grass. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not like work, I can right? prepare a sermon, you yeah. know. So just pushing that lawnmower back and mm-hmm. forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I, I could not tell you how many times I have said, "Search me, oh God, know my heart. Search me, oh God, know my heart." And 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 I would add to that, reveal my heart to me. Um, whatever my uh, impure motives are, I want to know. I want to know. And if if someone has wronged me in a situation where their wrong is 95% and my wrong is 5%, I want to know the 5%. And I also don't want to fool myself into thinking that it's only 5% when maybe it's 25%. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are very easy on ourselves when we're very hard on others. Yeah, that's right. And your wrong might be 50, 50, your wrong may be, you know, two ninety-eight. I, I don't, whatever it is, you're wrong is wrong at the end of the day we have to confess our portion as big or little as it is yeah and have to leave it leave it up to the spirit of god to convict them to confess their portion Mm -hmm. yep yep Uh, and 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 that is not to justify especially if someone has like violated you in a an illegal man it's not that's not to say that uh, you no, it's not to wrong. say yeah, yeah. They, what they did was hard. And if they should go to jail, they should go to jail. Absolutely. You know, but what it is to say is if, if, if they were gossiping about you and that hurt you and you were gossiping about them and that hurt them, uh, where do, it doesn't matter where the numbers lie. If it's 40, and, 60. And it doesn't matter who started it, you know, cause no, you both no. participated in it. So uh, yes. What a, what a great point. What a great point. Um, uh, because the truth is you never figure out who started it because you never know. It probably started with someone being silly and then the other one was sillier and then the other one was sillier with a jab and then the other one was sillier with two jabs and, uh, you know, and next thing you know, it's an all out war. And, right. Yeah. And nope. you have a church that split over, you know, people just up in one one way that David dealt with bitterness uh, or hurts against him is that he turned over his right to punish the people who had hurt him so deeply to God. Yeah. And he allowed vengeance to belong to the Lord and mm-hmm. he, he gave up his right to punish. 
And I really think that if we're going to move past bitterness and get to that place where we have forgiven someone, it isn't that we don't want them to be punished for their wrongdoing. It's that we just trust that God's going to take care of it in his timing, whether that's here on earth or on the other side of eternity, we're going to leave it in God's hands and, and lay down that right to punish them with our emotions. Um, David over and over again in the Psalm said, you know, Lord, you take up my, my, uh, my case, you, you punish my enemies. He was a man of war. He was clearly capable of doing it himself, but he laid down that right and gave it to the Lord. And, and I'm so glad God allowed David to put into scripture, his frustration with his enemies Yeah. before, <laughs> because it was a struggle to get to that point, but he got to that point. Yeah. I don't know how much time we, we have, um, uh, five and a half minutes to go. And, um, uh, my, my next one, um, uh, probably we can both hit on a little bit and this, this may be the end of this. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure, but, um, I wanted to, uh, at least from my side of the, the laptop, I wanted to, uh, for my side to end with uh, talking about uh, learning from your bitter lessons and staying out of those situations. Probably a verse that we're all familiar with is First uh, Thessalonians uh, 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. And of course, we, you know, obviously as preachers, we use that verse a lot to say, listen, if it even looks close to sinful, stay away from it. I would also use that to say, Listen, you've been in evil situations that have caused evil in your heart and, and evil feelings of bitterness. Don't get in those situations again. Um, uh, you know, I'm thinking of a, a number of people who who got into immoral sexual relationships because at the moment it felt like it was to be a great thing to do. The passions were, were high and strong. And then now, now they've blended their finances together. They're living under the same roof. They're not married. There's an adulterous situation and they're just killing each other and okay if you've gone through that learn from that and don't do that again abstain from the appearance of evil just stay away from situations like that had a guy tell me one time he said i have met so many psycho women in bars and i'm thinking then don't go to bars (laughs) just don't don't do that don't do that you're you're that's not where you're gonna you're not going to find happiness there. Um, we could go on and on, but if you know, if you continue walking into a bullfight, you're going to keep on fighting with bulls. Yeah. And at some point, you just have to realize there's a better way. And you know, I think that as human beings, we gravitate toward the familiar in life. And if if you grew up in an abusive home you're familiar with, with abuse and, and you just think that um, a non-abusive home where they just sit around and watch Andy Griffith at night is weird. And what I would say is you've got to redefine what you call comfort. Um, uh, if, if uh, you grew up in a home where there's a lot of yelling at each other, um, uh, you, you're going to have to redefine some things. You need, you need to learn to stay out of situations where grief is going to come barreling in and, you know, as preachers, we've seen this, Richard, um, people love drama. They love drama. You got to get to where you love peace. Amen. You know, you got to get to where you just really love peace and you know what leads to peace and you know, what leads to bitterness and you just don't even take step number one down the path that leads to bitterness. So at some point you need a dramatic, you need a dramatic life-changing experience where you're going a different direction. 
Paul on Damascus Road, a different direction, a totally different direction after that. Uh, I've got I've got two minutes left. What, what do you want to say to, uh, to, to wrap that up? Pastor well, Richard? I want to add a verse to what you're saying there. And this is a verse I've been wanting to share for three weeks. I'll get it in here. Second uh, Corinthians 9, 8. Paul told the church of Corinth, he said, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Whatever home life you're coming out of, whatever situations you're dealing with, whatever the source of bitterness is, whether it's, you know, 50, 50, 288, 98, in some cases, some people do nothing wrong and end up with great hurt in their life that brings bitterness. The truth is whatever your scenario is, God can make all grace abound to you toward you His grace is that salve, that healing balm that can pour down on your heart and can bring about that healing. Um, I want to finish with this thought. Forgiving and forgetting are not the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You can forgive without forgetting, but you need to learn to forget the emotions of what happened to you. And the way that you do that is by walking away from the temptation to dwell on things emotionally. Um, we do that. It just, you're revisiting the hurt over and over and over again. It will never move on. You'll never be able to move on from it. And just real quick here, I heard a preacher illustrate it this way. Uh, if you pull the rope of a bell, it's going to continue to ring. Even after you quit pulling the rope of the bell, eventually uh, the bell's still going to ring, but it'll eventually come to a stop. And you have to, in your heart and mind, when you're tempted to run over and pull on that rope, that emotional rope of your hurt, you have to learn to leave the rope alone. You'll never forget the facts of what happened, but emotionally you can heal uh, as you let God's grace abound in your heart to every good work. So that's our encouragement to you. I hope that this study on bitterness has been a help. I know that it's been good for me to revisit and a great reminder. We got a good one starting next week. No sneak previews though, right? Right. (laughs)